The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation, and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So, Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about an emotion that can cause a lot of conflict, and that is either inner inner conflict or interpersonal conflict, and that one is Envy. And I've just been reading this book called Embracing Envy, Finding the Spiritual Treasure in Our Most Shameful Emotion by Josh Gressel. And we have Josh coming to us today, and we're really thrilled. But let me tell you a little bit about him before we invite him to start talking with us. And Josh Gressel is a PhD, and he is a clinical psychologist and couples therapist in private practice in the San Francisco Bay Area, and he is a student of Jewish mysticism, and he seeks to integrate spiritual and psychological truths into his work with his clients. His work focuses on working with religion and religious adults on their psychological issues so that they're free to be spiritual and worship God more freely. And he also works with couples from a spiritual perspective. And he works with men on turning their work into their vocations. And so I told you he is the author of this great new book, which I've been reading, which I think is really fascinating. And the premise of this book is that the emotion would not exist unless there was a positive reason for it. You know, he's like I am, and we believe that everything in life has a purpose and a reason. And so we're going to talk about some of those reasons right now. So, Josh, thank you so much for joining us from beautiful Bay Area. Thank you, Mari. So, first of all, why don't we talk about why it is that you wrote this book? Well, uh, there's a couple of reasons. Um, The first had to do with just my own envy, Um, and any time I would hear that somebody would write a book or somebody had just written a book, especially anybody I knew or anybody, you know, a colleague, I would just turn green with envy, (laughs) and I was never comfortable with that reaction. I knew I was supposed to feel happy for them and, you know, all of that, but truthfully, that's not what was going on inside. I mean, I would say on the outside, I'd say, you know, congratulations and all of that, but inside I was just seething with envy. Mm. And I didn't know quite what to do with that. Um, I did have some kind of dim awareness that, you know, it's telling me something. The fact that I'm envious over a particular thing is telling me something, but I didn't really um, know what it's telling me about. And anything, any place I looked to try to understand it better, um, I got, 
it just wasn't very helpful. So at any rate, to make a long story short, I thought I'd kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. One, write a book, and, and two, understand envy better, so I wrote a book about envy. Well, see, it, in a way, it was really, that was part of the gift, right? That that even having that feeling and having that inner conflict about, wow, I don't want to feel this way, but I do feel this way, and gosh, you know, maybe I'll write this book about envy. So it was really kind of motivating for you to do what exactly you envied. <laughs> right. Well, right. you're touching on a couple of important points, Mari. Um <laughs> Number one is that we accept our experience and not fight it off. Right. Um, so like you're saying that you're, you're feeling this envy rather than push it away or try to squelch it or repress it, you let yourself feel it. Um, yes. Um, and now the, my brain just went off on what the second point I was going to make. <laughs> okay, well, we'll come back to it because I think I know where you were going and then I kind of thought about, okay, well, that, that makes sense. Uh, I got it. Thank okay. you. <laughs> yes, it, it had to do with the fact that um, paying attention to our envy can teach us about ourselves. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's a real gift in letting us know what our values are, what we aspire for, and so rather than, you know, closet it or shut it away, it's, it's a good thing to pay attention to it so we can understand ourselves better. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, you know, this whole, the genre of my show is about conflict, but people forget about the inner conflict that we have, that all conflict really comes from within ourselves. So, you know, I also get envious of things, and then I, then I get guilty, right? Oh, I shouldn't feel that way? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I shouldn't feel guilty. I should get vicarious thrills that my friends are doing this. But but there is that part of us that when we want to do something and someone else does it, we think, wow, why aren't I doing that? So, you know, there's all sorts of emotions about feeling guilty about not, you know, of, of being envious, but then also being happy for your friends. And it is this whole mixed bag of emotions that come up that you deal with all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, another point you're touching on is that it, we typically envy those who are more like us. Yeah. You're not going to be envious of somebody across the country or in another country, um, but your friends you're going to be more envious of. Right. And the reason we think this is so is because we need people who are enough like us to stimulate our desire to become more of who we are. Right. Um, somebody we can identify with enough to feel a certain affinity with is going to be a person we're going to be more likely to feel envious of. Yeah, yeah. So, kind of like the mirror for us. Our friends and family are, are mirrors for us, right? For us right. to see in ourselves. But, you know, I, I, I get envious of, I don't know if the word is envy. I think it is. I, I just, I emulate you know, someone like Gandhi, you know, to be that kind of a peacemaker, to be that centered, you know, that I, I guess there's part of it is envy and he's gone and I never knew him, but I read enough about him, you know, and, and know about him. So I think envy, yeah, is about friendship, but it also can be about just the people that we emulate, right? Right, right. And especially I would imagine someone with your profession, I mean, Gandhi yeah. would be the paragon right. of what you're trying to do. So it makes a lot of sense that you would be, you know, drawn in that way and, yes. and feel, gosh, I'll never be at that level. Right, right, right. Exactly. And, so, you know, I just want to say, well, I do appreciate what you're saying about inner conflict because you're absolutely right. I totally agree with you. Um, envy is also the cause of a lot of, Outer conflict. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, uh, you know, as as being a psychologist, that when you have inner conflict, it 
manifests outside of ourselves. Right. You know, I mean, when, when some, and I deal with this every day because I mediate, so I'm constantly in everybody else's conflict. And, and I can see, which often they can't see because I've got this helicopter view. I can see a lot of their own stuff coming out and projecting onto others. And, right. and yeah. so really, as, you know, Martin Buber says, all conflict starts from within. Mm-hmm. We, we know that, but, um, but someone like you who deals with people with their inner inner and outer conflicts and also is brave enough and courageous enough to really look inside and say, this is something that I have, that you have, that we all need to recognize and understand at a deep level. So so I honor you for that. Anne. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I, one of the best compliments I got about the book so far, where somebody said to me, you know, it's personal, but it's not about you. Right. Which is what I was striving for, because you can't, I don't think, talk about envy effectively from just a strictly academic point. Right. You know, it's a very, very human experience. Yes. And um, I had to bring myself into it, which is what I tried to do, again, without making it all about me. Yeah, yeah. But I think when we see somebody's story, their own story about how they struggle with something, you know, it help, It's it makes it more human. It makes yeah. it something that we can relate to. It's something that we can, you know, have that person be a role model to show us the way through it. So, I mean, I think it's... If we talk about things in academia, it doesn't really connect with our reading audience, right? It just doesn't. Well, also, and especially something as shameful, yes. and shame-based as envy. I mean, when some when I can say, you know, I'm envious about this, or like you're, you know, yeah. you're describing your own envy. It, yeah. it, um, it helps other people just feel more comfortable and and touch into their own vulnerability. Yeah, it gives them permission to be human. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. to have that emotion and to recognize it is it is uh it's out there. It is in there and out there. We can't all be Mother Teresa, but I just wonder if she ever had any, you know. It would be interesting. It's a, yeah, it's a great question. You know, one of the <laughs> things I did find by the way, it was hard for me to believe, but there are some people who are actually less envious. Yeah. And I don't know how that is. I was never able to figure that out. I couldn't tell are they being truthful, are they just not conscious, or are they simply less envious and I have to accept what they say at face value in this yeah. You know, yeah. Some people are less envious, just like some people are less angry. Yeah. Some people are more patient. Yeah, yeah. And and th- that's very true. And I, I was thinking about, for me, the people that I think are the least envy are those who are really the most connected to their higher power, so to speak, because they know that they're in the right place, the right time, doing the right thing, that they are unique, that they are an expression of God, so to speak, and that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and that other people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And and that's the way I want to be 100%, and I'm there some of the time. And I would say the majority of the time as I get older, I'm I'm recognizing that, you know, that I can be happy for someone else and know that that isn't necessarily my path, you know? Yeah, yeah, I was, I'm, I'm absolutely in, a, in sync with what you're saying, and, um, and I would like to say, and you've already touched upon it, that it's something we aspire toward yeah. to, to accept that, you know, we're walking, we're, we are being the people God created us to be, and we're not supposed to be somebody, some other version. Right. And um, there is a continual 
emanation that we have to cooperate with. And when we try to stall it for, you know, I don't know how many years I, I tried to squelch my desire to write a book. Yeah. Um, so no matter how spiritual you are, you still can get tangled up in things. Yeah, and we get fear, right? right. I mean, because yeah. I've written several books, and I and I just finished another book with a friend of mine who's a therapist, and and I'm having trouble with our last editing and changing. I and I I keep thinking, is it fear that it won't be accepted or it won't be good enough? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So so the fear, you know, is that you know the acronym for false expectation appearing real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard a couple of other ones, but there's not something I could say on the air. They're from the 12-step community. They're acronym for fear. Yeah, yeah, but it's similar, right? F-E-A-R, false expectation appearing real. But a lot of the times, us doing what we are envious of is because we fear that we're going to be a failure at it, or oh. we fear that we're not going to be good enough, or we fear that we're not going to be as good as the person that we emulate or whatever. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, fear is Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. So, you know, I can relate to that. Now, you talk about in the book, you talk about the difference between jealousy and envy. So let's let's uh, see if you can help us with that one. Okay, yeah, that's, that's actually very important because they get used interchangeably in the United States, and they're not even synonyms. They do not mean anywhere near the same thing. <clears throat> jealousy is wanting to protect what's rightfully yours. So, for example, if you're married and you see your spouse flirting with another person, you become jealous because you want, you know, you're in a monogamous relationship and your spouse is, you know, belongs to you, so to speak. Right. Um, you can also be jealous of your good name. If somebody says something ugly about you in print or, you know, libels you or something like that, you want to protect your good name. Your good name is rightfully yours. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That's jealousy. Envy is wanting what someone else has that you think you don't, or, you know, it's like you envy your neighbor having a brand new car, you envy your sister because she doesn't have to go out to work, you envy what someone else has that you want for yourself, whether it's an actual physical thing or whether it's a lifestyle, you can, you can envy anything, mm. but the um, important distinction is it's as opposed to jealousy, when you're trying to protect what's rightfully yours, with envy, you want what someone else has. And there's, there's some other things that go along with envy. Um, <clears throat> there's a word called schadenfreude. Um, now, that's a German word. We don't have that word in English, but we certainly know the emotion, even though we don't have the, um, we don't have the word for it. It's taking pleasure in someone else's misfortune. Mm, yeah. So if you're envious of someone else's um, book sales and you suddenly find out that they're having marital problems and you're, you know, happy about that, that's an example of schadenfreude. Mm, yeah. I, I, I don't like those. I don't like schadenfreude because I am a believer in karma. <laughs> And so if I wish something bad or I'm happy that somebody else is experiencing something negative, then I I know at a deep level that eventually it's going to be like a boomerang coming back to me. I really have a, a strong belief in that. And so I am very, very uh, careful um, never to be happy in somebody else's dis- misfortune or wish that on anybody else because I just... I just know at a, at, a, at a real innate level that if I do, it's going to come back to me tenfold. 
Well, I, I totally agree with you, and I would also say um, what it sounds like you're able to do is to control your, um, I mean, I think we all can have that impulse to take pleasure in another's misfortune. Yeah. What you do with the impulse, and it sounds like you are very disciplined about not giving into it. Right, right. Yeah. But I think all of us can be prone to at least that thought coming up into mm. consciousness. Yeah. Ooh, I'm so happy. And then you then you have to do the work. No, 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 I don't want to do that. But, right, um, right, <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, it's, it's funny because, uh, you know, sometimes I deal with very, very negative attorneys and, and um, you know, my paralegal will say, gosh, you know, he's such a jerk or whatever. And I go, you know what? It's it's his karma. It'll come back. It's not my job. It's, it's a God job. And I just wish him the best. I hope he becomes enlightened or something <laughs> because I, I just don't even want to put those thoughts out there uh, maybe it's fear <laughs> probably I just um, but I just feel like hey you know I don't even want to go there or that kind of negative experience for me is is just I just I've just been around long enough on this planet to know that uh, things do come back and I and I don't want to do that maybe it's a selfish thing I don't want to think like that because I'm afraid of what it'll do to me well, I think it's a noble thing, and I think it's something we should all aspire to. I can't claim that I'm at the level you're describing. Um, I think that that kind of response, which I think is, I, I totally agree with you, it's very ugly, um, is it's, there's a certain correlation between how much we are blocking ourselves and how negative our envious response is going to be. So to me, when I have something like that, a, a schadenfreude response, yeah. if I have the presence of mind, um, is to look at it, it means this is a place where I'm really restricted. This is a place where I'm really holding myself down. Right. That is just like a stronger cry from you know my psyche or from my soul or from my right. conscience, whatever you want right. to call Yeah. Trying to break out, um, I should never do it, like you're saying, against someone else. But I do want to tend to that voice. That's yes. really crying. Yeah. Listen to it and say, gee, why am I thinking like that? Yeah. Or, or gee, that's that's my next project. <laughs> that's my, my next self-project. And, you know, in this lifelong learning of trying to get higher consciousness and what, you know, get to the next level. Now, what what about envy and resentment? Is is that similar to that uh, schadenfreude? You know, you talk a lot about that in the book, too, about Envy and resentment. Yeah. Well, see, they are kissing cousins, but they're not the same thing. Resentment has um, elements of justice into mm. it. So, for example, if you find out you're working at a company and you're doing similar work, let's say you're a woman and you find out that the men in a similar position are making more of than you, right? That is, that's resentment because it's an unjust situation. It's, it's not really, I mean... There might be some elements of envy in there, but it's primarily one of resentment because you're in an unfair situation. Right. You don't want to take away from them, but you deserve to have as much. Yes. Yeah. Now, what gets tricky is lots of people have the temptation to say they resent something that they're actually envious of. Mm. Um, Because resentment is a less pejorative, it's it's a less loaded emotion. Mm. Uh, It's easier to acknowledge, and we've feel like we've got right on our side, and so envy's got a way sometimes of sneaking in 
um, to a situation and disguising itself as resentment, but it's really about envy. Mm. And one way you can tell that is, you know, if somebody says a situation is unfair yeah. and they want it fixed, but all they're really concerned with is their own personal improvement, and they're not out to, like, have HR take a look at the situation and, you know, make it changes across the board. They just right. they want to get the raise, and they don't care about anybody else. That's more likely about envy than it is about resentment. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, so I, I, I had a problem with the Bank of America this morning. <laughs> And so I was trying to see how I could relate that. It, you know, obviously I wasn't envious, but I, I was kind of resentment. I had resentment about the way that they were handling an error that was truly theirs that they tried to blame on me. So I was resentful. Yeah, yeah. And I said, I know it's not your fault. When I was speaking to the customer service manager, I said, but, you know, I really think the way you that you're handling this for customers, not just me, is is really ineffective and offensive and i've been with you guys for 30 years and i just you know i'm feeling very uncomfortable with this and i'm really thinking i should go to a smaller bank that i you know they they made a mistake and then they couldn't cancel it (laughs) they wrote me an email and said something and then they they when i called them to say hey this isn't right and then they found the mistake then i said well cancel it because i'm going to have a problem with this company and they said oh we can't Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, I wonder if a smaller bank could have. So I was feeling very resent. I was feeling resentment about how unfair it was and how they were treating me as an individual, but not just me, about how they treat customers in general. So yeah, I think yeah, that see, was, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what you're saying, is how they treat customers in, ge- in general. Mm-hmm. Um, an example, for let's say that you buy one lottery ticket and you're super rich, no, let's say you buy 100 lottery tickets and right. your super rich neighbor buys just one. Right. And your neighbor wins and you don't. Yeah. It's tempting to be resentful in a situation like that, but there's really no injustice involved. Right. That's simply a question of luck there. Right, right. Yeah, well, so I would that's say different. a situation like that, you're, you're probably you you could think it's resentment, but it's probably more about envy. Yeah, that makes sense. It's interesting when you when you take these words and really go deep because people use them in their own context, right? But when you really go deep, I think it's uh, it's fascinating. Yeah, you know? and most people will not use the word envy. Um, casually, they'll they'll put in all other kinds of words to disguise their own envy. Yeah, because you talk about that being shame. Like even in your, you know, you said that it's the most shameful emotion. Why do you think it's shameful? You know, I'm sure there's more than one answer, um, but what I would say is, I think it's because to admit that I'm envious is to admit that I don't feel as good, as strong, as successful, or as fill in the blank as you. Oh. I'm less than you are. Oh, that's how I feel. And you know, we all walk around. I, I call envy the Achilles' heel of our psyche. You know, and we want to protect it at all costs and not let anybody see when and how we're envious because mm. you know it's it's you know, the Achilles' heel is is the you know the vulnerable place where we can brought be brought low. But there's something very powerful, very beautiful, and very human in, you know, just to say that just the pure truth, you know, I, 
I just don't feel like I'm as successful as you are. Mm. I don't feel I'm as mm. good as you are. I mean, unless you're a psychopath, your heart is just going to open up to the person. Right, right. And when you feel vulnerable like that, and you're with someone who cares about you, then it is beautiful. If you open up and you're not with someone that you can trust or feel vulnerable with, then it is very frightening. Of course, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm sure you know the saying, don't cast your pearls before swine. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. But, you know, envy kind of, when I think of envy, and, and even jealousy, well, jealousy, maybe you, you kind of explained it more like, it's more righteous in that, you know, if somebody is, if my husband was flirting with someone else, I'd be jealous, you exactly. know, so that's different. But I think envy and a lot of those emotions where we're just not taking responsibility for our feelings or we're just really allowing, I think those are egocentric stuff, right? Those are aligned with the ego rather than the higher self. Well, yeah, I guess you could say that. Um, I, I just want to be cautious. I don't think you're saying this, but I don't want anybody to hear, mishear what you're saying. Yeah. I don't think that any of our emotions are lower. Um, I think they all have their place, and envy does too. Yeah. Um, but yes, um, that kind of reactivity is usually coming from our more primitive side. Our yeah, our ego. Side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not from like, you know, you know how you feel like when you're really spiritual. And I know that that you know you are you work on spiritual treasures and and all that. So we could talk about this. But you know when you're in that spiritual place where those emotions that are connected with the ego. Um, it seemed less important to you at that time when you're really connected to that that deep place within you. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And then you go like, I don't need to be jealous. I, don't, you know, I mean, he is who he is. If if we're not meant to be together, if he's supposed to be with that woman, then you know, then that is what it is. Uh-huh. I mean, that that's. <laughs> I don't know if I'm there, but um, but if you know, when you get to that level, sometimes of consciousness, which I have moments of that, then none of that other stuff really matters anymore. So that's why I say it's more like ego versus your your higher self, your spiritual yes, self. Yes, I agree. But you know, I think ultimately, ego is a step down um, spiritual uh, path. Um, I, I, I know that's kind of an unusual thing to say and to hear. But I can just say that it's not like we need, I'm not of the school that we need to obliterate the ego or even transcend the ego. I think the ego just needs to take its proper place, right? which is to be a servant. Right. If you think of everybody sitting at the table, <laughs> that the, the higher self you want at the head of the table, and, and the higher self has to listen to the ego, you know, okay, it's like me- the mediator. <laughs> Right, well, the ego also has to implement a lot of the day-to-day right. decisions of the higher self. Right, right. You know, I, I mean, I think it was my higher self that said, get off your butt and write a book already, but my ego was the one that had to get me up and, and you know, moving and, and to do it. Right, okay, 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 I'll do it, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you were doing research, um, did anything really surprise you? Well, there were a couple of things. Um this came about from my interviewing people, and it was just such a clear gender split in the way um, men and women responded to my ask, you know, my query for to, you know to talk about envy. Oh. Women would say, "That's a great topic. I have a lot to say about." It. <laughs> 
And men would say, they'd kind of ham and haw and say, well, I can talk to you about it if you need help. (laughs) (laughs) And it just happened time after time. It was so funny. And, I mean, the story I make up about that is that, again, because it's to have to acknowledge a certain inadequacy, men, I think, struggle with that more, at least on one level, than women do. Mm -hmm. So that that was uh, surprise number one. But number two, connected to number one, I didn't know that women could be so mean to each other. <laughs> oh my goodness, the stories they told me, I was shocked. I had yeah, you know, I just kept thinking I always think that women are they're so nice and they're so soft and they're so sweet and the, <laughs> you know, one of the people that I interviewed was a former Miss Arkansas. Um, she actually wanted me to use her name in the book so I can use it here. It's uh, Tamara Henry. And she said, you know, you just mention the word beauty pageant and watch the claws come Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And she yeah. said, what's this about? You know, we, we love nature. We love sunsets. We love, you know, oceans and mountains. You know, why not, you know, why not women? Why can't we celebrate the beauty of the feminine? And she said, and it's not men who are doing this. It's women. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, believe it or not, we are out of time. Do you believe how fast that went? No, I don't. I know. We'll have to have you back again. But why don't you just give the name of your book and your website, and it's time for us to go. All right. The name of the book is Embracing Envy, Finding the Spiritual Treasure in Our Most Shameful Emotion. My website is my name, Josh, J-O-S-H, Gressel, G-R-E-S, as in Sam, S-E-L, dot com. Thank you so much, Josh. We'll have you back again. Stay in touch. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Minerva and KUCI.org. And then I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 for Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. Thanks. It's about trust. Yeah, yeah. It's about faith. It's about trust. expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.